0: Welcome to YouNews, the podcast, using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Thursday, October 8th. I'm Carolina Sarasa, and these are today's headlines. In a 90-minute debate, Vice President Mike Pence and Senator Kamala Harris outlining their thoughts on the pandemic and climate change. Pence refusing to promise a peaceful transition of power if Joe Biden wins. And Harris refusing to answer a question about whether Democrats would pack the Supreme Court. Meanwhile, the coronavirus outbreak at the White House is growing. At least 34 people now infected. This as President Trump continues his treatment for COVID-19. This and much more today on You News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. This, the vice presidential candidates faced off last night for their only debate this election season. They talked about everything from health care to the president's taxes and the Supreme Court, but it was the pandemic that dominated the night. Edwin P.T. has the highlights from Washington. Edwin.
1: Senator Kamala Harris and Vice President Mike Pence scoring off in the one and only vice-presidential debate. With a COVID outbreak shadowing the West Wing, the coronavirus pandemic was front and center. The running mates separated by plexiglass, sparing over the handling of the pandemic.
2: The American people have witnessed what is the greatest failure of any presidential administration in the history of our country. They knew and they covered it up. The president said it was a hoax.
3: President Donald Trump did what no other American president had ever done, and that was he suspended all travel from China. But Senator Joe Biden, Biden opposed that decision.
1: On the question of a vaccine, was- Senator Harris <laughs> casting doubt on the current administration's ability to get one to the American people safely. If Dr.
2: Fauci, if the doctors... Tell us that we should take it. I'll be the first in line to take it. Absolutely. But if Donald Trump tells us I should t- that we should take it, I'm not taking it.
1: The moderator also the pressing Pence, the head of the coronavirus task force, about what appears to have been a super spreader event at the White House.
3: And it was an outdoor event, which... Yeah. All of our scientists regularly and routinely advise.
1: While there were no fear exchanges and constant interruptions, the night was not without its moment.
2: Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking.
1: And with Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation just days away, that issue another point of contention.
3: President Trump and I could not be more enthusiastic about the opportunity to see Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Become Justice Amy Coney Barrett.
1: At one point, Pence asking Harris point blank if elected would the Democratic ticket back the Supreme Court as political retaliation for Barrett, it led to this bitter back and forth. You once on, again okay. gave
3: a non-answer. Joe Biden gave a non-answer. I'm trying to answer you now. And
1: on health care, Harris with her most pointed attack.
2: If you have a pre-existing condition, heart disease, diabetes, breast cancer, they're coming for you.
1: now, today, President Trump not holding back on his attacks toward Senator Harris, calling her unlikable, a monster and also a communist, also saying that Harris supports open borders to allow killers and rapists back into the country. Live in Washington, D.C., Carolina, back to you.
0: Thank you for that live report, Edwin PT. And voters chose the winner of the debate following that broadcast. More than 600 registered voters took part in a CNN poll. 59% of them said Senator Kamala Harris did the best job in the debate. 38% disagreed, saying Vice President Mike Pence had the better nights. The results roughly matched the expectations voters had heading into that debate. And joining me now with Reactions is Mateo Gomez. He's an undecided voter in Miami, Florida. Mateo, thank you for your time.
4: Carolina, thank you so much for having me today.
0: Mateo, before we get into talking about your reaction, talk to us about why you are still undecided.
4: There's so many different things that we have been seeing. For example, I was with uh, Vice President Joe Biden on Monday night, when he was here in Miami, and there were so many things that I just wanted to ask him, but I had the chance to ask him one question, and it was about Generation Z. There's also different things that I've been able to look at. and for example, immigration is huge for me. Yo naci in Colombia, right? I was, I'm Colombian. I came to the United States when I was two. And then there's also health care that really uh, Pence was not able to answer yesterday, and President Trump has not said anything about that.
0: Now, having said that, Mateo, give us your overall opinion of the debate last night.
4: So yesterday—you you said the right word. You said the word debate, and that is actually what we had compared to last um, last week. Last week, we did not have a debate. It was a show. know una novela, pretty much. That's what we were seeing. Um, it was more presidential. To be honest with you, I don't feel like it changed much, anything, any direction. Um, It was just a continuation of the same message that they've been portraying for the past couple of months.
0: Now, moving on, climate change is an issue of great importance to your generation. Kamala Harris called it an existential threat. Let's listen. So let's talk about who is
2: prepared to lead our country over the course of the next four years on what is an existential threat to us as human beings. We will achieve net um, zero emissions by 2050, carbon neutral by 2035. We will also re-enter the
0: climate agreement with pride. So how do you think Harris and Pence handled that issue of climate change?
4: The answer is simple. We know that um, Pence and Donald Trump's administration do not have um, a plan, really, when it comes to climate change. Uh, Joe Biden does. And when looking back at uh, Pence, they've been pretty much— discouraging us as voters to look at science. That is not really what we want to do at this moment, especially that I'm here in Miami. I think it was somewhat like two weeks ago that we started seeing fish dead in the bay with the lack of oxygen in the water and just all the pollution that we've been seeing recently.
0: Now, Mateo, you mentioned that you were born in Colombia. You're an immigrant like so many other millions of voters out there. The topic of immigration hasn't been spoken about during the first debate, and it wasn't spoken about yesterday. How do you feel about that?
4: Well, the next debate is in Miami. And we found out this morning that it looks like there's not going to be a debate. The first news was that we were going to go virtual. And then, like, half an hour after, we had President Trump saying that he is not willing to do virtual. My hope was to have that debate in order to include— Immigration. The beauty of this debate was that it was a town hall, especially here in Miami, where voters are able to ask these people, these candidates, questions that we care about. And it's Miami people asking those. So I knew that immigration was going to be brought up. And here we saw that it looks like it's not going to happen. So it's, I'm a person that has been waiting for those debates. My background in both. Um, my undergrad was journalism and also uh, political science. So here I've been trying to look at both sides. And the things that I was missing was uh, for President Trump were immigration and healthcare. And to be honest with you, I'm very sad that I'm not able to see that side, which might uh, end up making me lean to Joe Biden in this case.
0: And now, as a young voter, do you mind a virtual debate? Does it make a difference to you to see them in person or via Internet?
4: Well, I graduated May, 2020. So I graduated through Zoom. So this is just a time that we have to be open. Joe Biden told me that on Monday. He said that my generation is extremely open, and as an example, we have to be doing the same thing as a whole entire community. We have to be open to these options. This is what we have right now, and it's for the safety of everyone, especially for both candidates. We had President Trump that had COVID, and this is not an environment um, to have him attend. So virtual was the best option. Hopefully, something might happen inside his administration that would allow him to uh, decide otherwise and be able to debate.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Mateo Gomez, undecided in the first-time border, live in Miami, Florida. Thanks again.
4: Thank you so much.
0: Now, meanwhile, Joe Biden has picked up a superstar endorsement. Taylor Swift told V Magazine Wednesday that she's voting for Biden. Taylor said that the U.S. needs a president who recognizes the needs of women and people of color. And she said that people deserve leaders who take a global health crisis seriously and who will put lives first. And President Trump saying today he will not participate in a virtual debate after the Commission for Debates announced the cancellation of in-person debates scheduled for next week in Miami. The stunning development comes after President Trump's diagnosis of coronavirus and the outbreak in the White House. Andrea Linares has more details.
3: We would have listened to you.
0: The CPD
5: announcing the second presidential debate, which was set to take place in Miami, Florida, in just one week, will now be virtual in the wake of the president's positive coronavirus diagnosis. President Trump quickly telling Fox News he will not participate remotely and the Trump campaign releasing this statement. That's not what debates are about or how they're done. Here are the facts. President Trump will have posted multiple negative tests prior to the debate, so there is no need for this unilateral declaration. The safety of all involved can easily be achieved without canceling a chance for voters to see both candidates go head-to-head. The news coming as the White House struggles to contain a major outbreak within its walls. A FEMA report obtained by ABC News indicates that 34 White House staffers and contacts were infected with the coronavirus. That's 10 more than had been previously known. And yesterday, the president returned to the Oval Office. He entered from the outside exit.
1: Obviously, with the president, he continues to work. Uh, We've got a number of of safety protocols with full PPE, uh, masks, goggles, uh, and the like uh, for any uh, direct interaction with the president.
5: Trump also posting a newly produced video on Twitter, which was filmed in the Rose Garden by a White House staff photographer, the president now calling his illness a blessing.
3: So I think this was a blessing from God that I caught it this was a blessing in disguise. I caught it. I heard about this drug. I said, let me take it. It was my suggestion. I said, let me take it. And it was incredible the way it worked.
5: He's referring to the experimental antibody cocktail made by Regeneron that less than 10 people outside of clinical trials have received.
3: I want to get for you what I got and I'm going to make it free. You're not going to pay for it.
5: Overnight, Regeneron formally asking the FDA for the emergency authorization the president is pushing for. The White House doctor saying the president is feeling great and symptom-free, claiming they detected antibodies. But according to Regeneron, those antibodies are likely from their drug. The president's staff has largely moved to working from home because so many of them have tested positive for coronavirus. We are also learning that the Trump campaign is pulling millions of dollars worth of TV ads off the air in Minnesota, Wisconsin and Michigan, while buying more TV time in
0: Florida, Arizona and North Carolina. In Miami, Florida, Andrea Linares, U News. Thank you, Andrea, for that report. And meanwhile, the Joe Biden's campaign also saying that it will not participate in a virtual debate next week. Instead, we'll find a suitable venue to take questions from the American people to discuss the issues. And moving on, a new jobs report is out and the economy is still being impacted. Claims for unemployment benefits totaled 840,000 last week, a higher number than expected. Claims have remained above 800,000 every week since mid-March. Meanwhile, over the last 24 hours, the U.S. recorded more than 50,000 cases of coronavirus, an increase of almost 7,000 infections compared to the previous day. The Midwest seeing the worst of the pandemic. Lorraine Casares has more details.
6: Nationwide, new cases averaging more than 44,000 a day, the highest since late August.
3: If you relax, this is what happens. This is not the second,
4: the feared second wave. This is just merely sloppiness on the part of government and people individually.
6: About half the country is seeing infections increase. Four New England states are reporting a spike of more than 50%.
1: I continue uh, to be concerned uh, because, uh, again, we're
4: part of this, this region. We're not here on an island
6: boston just pushed in-person learning back to october 22nd a new forecast predicting new england the new york city area and oregon could see the most concerning rates of infection in the next month if conditions stay the same
4: we are dealing with a
3: health emergency the state has laid down very clear rules. Everyone must follow those rules.
6: In the Midwest, North Dakota posting the highest number of new cases per capita for any state since the pandemic began. In Wisconsin, hospitalizations doubling in the past month. Authorities opening an overflow hospital to keep up with rising case numbers. The governor telling residents to stay home and limiting indoor gatherings to 25% capacity.
3: Why well, it's critical perhaps now more than ever that Wisconsinites step up and stay home as much as you are able.
6: In Texas, where the positivity rate is about seven and a half percent, bars now have permission from the governor to open back up starting October 14th. In Dallas, one of the state's hardest hit areas, the county judge already saying he won't allow it.
1: It is time to open them up. Initially. They can open at a 50% capacity, provided that they follow the safety protocols. If we continue to contain COVID, then these openings, just like other businesses, should be able to expand in the near future.
6: Meanwhile, airlines struggling, pleading with the government for $25 million that would allow them to recall the more than 50,000 employees furloughed last week. This flight attendant going viral after delivering a farewell message to her passengers.
3: For myself and one of the crew member on our flight today, this
5: means we will be furloughed October 1st. And unfortunately, this was my last working flight before the day comes.
6: The White House is now facing unprecedented criticism from the prestigious New England Journal of Medicine over the administration's handling of the pandemic, writing in a scathing editorial that U.S. leaders have taken a crisis and turned it into a tragedy. And right now, states like Montana, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Wyoming, and South Dakota are all reporting record-high hospitalizations. Twenty-three states are holding steady, and only Alabama and Hawaii are actually reporting a decline in cases. Carolina, back to you.
0: In Minnesota, peaceful protesters took to the streets of Minneapolis Wednesday night Following the release of former police officer Derek Chauvin, the former police officer has been charged in the death of George Floyd and was released Wednesday morning after posting a $1 million bail. Protesters took to the streets in Wisconsin on Wednesday after the Milwaukee County District Attorney announced he will not press charges against the police officer who fatally shot a black teenager outside of a mall Earlier this year, -year 17-year-old Alvin Cole was fatally shot by an officer on February 2nd. That was the third fatal shooting by that officer in the past five years. The prior shootings were ruled justified, but local civil rights activists have advocated for the officers' firing. And Martin Giugino is protesting once again. He's the 75-year-old who went viral when he fell onto the ground after being assaulted by two police officers in Buffalo, New York. The man's skull was fractured in that incident, and he now has to walk with a cane. The man says the officers who injured him are just part of the problems inside the police department. The case against the officer continues to be pending. More of your news
7: after this short break.
0: A Latino musician in Tennessee is speaking out after he says he and a friend were attacked inside a bar, allegedly for speaking Spanish. That attack left his friend with serious injuries, and the victims say the security in the bar didn't even call the police. Gianni Aponte has more.
7: Lorenzo Molina Ruiz is a trumpet player for an American country rock band called the Mavericks, a group formed three decades ago that has since won a Grammy and other prestigious awards. He says that he was in a bar in Franklin City, Tennessee, with a Guatemalan friend who also is a musician, when they were suddenly beaten up. We were sitting, talking, talking after working in Plaza Mariachi, and nothing It happened suddenly. He says that they were with their partners and being Latino, they felt more comfortable speaking Spanish. He adds that while they were being beaten, they were insulted for not speaking English. When we left, we started to talk about our countries because Orlando is from El Salvador and I am Cuban. And we were sharing antidotes and talking about when we Latinos arrived and started to learn English. Molina says he tried to protect his face as much as he could. As a professional trumpet player that I am, what I worry about the most is my mouth. He says his friend was the one who suffered the most. Orlando suffered a fractured nose and cuts on his face. The police made these photographs of the suspects public and are offering a reward for information leading to their capture. He says that, ironically, the band had just released their first album completely in Spanish. I will never stop being the Cuban I am, and I will never stop talking to my friends in Spanish. I will never reject who I am because of what just happened to me. Reported by Vilma Tarazona, this is Gianni Ponte for You News.